Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Ledium. In today's episode, we have the legendary Dale Dupree back on the show to discuss his unique approach to sales and the importance of putting people before products. Let's dive in. Colin, the mic is yours. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Ledium. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell, and we've got the legendary Dale Dupree back on the show again. Uh, Dale, for those who don't know who you are, give us a little background. Yo, first and foremost, thanks for having me back on the show. My man Colin in the house here, one of the best podcast hosts I've ever been around in my life. And listen, that's like not coming as like brownie points. That's like I've been on over 350 podcasts in the last three years. So that's like real talk, yo. Dale Dupree is originally named the copy warrior, for those of you that don't know me. So people actually literally called me that for a very long time. I spent 13 years in a very commoditized B2B sales space. I turned it into some, I turned it on its head and turned it into something that, you know, a lot of people to this day still like they see it and it's like almost as if it never happened. <laughs> and the reason for that is because it's almost unbelievable, but not quite unbelievable, right? Because that would just be silly. But I put people before products. I put relationships and community before commission checks. I put this whole notion of giving people better and more efficient experiences in front of pitches and meeting requests and, and really just dug into the human emotion and the, and the, the makeup of a person, what, what they care about more than anything else. And ultimately how we can drive a decision through emotion and drive a relationship based around emotion and, and ultimately create community from those things as the ultimate outcome, instead of just banking in, putting quota and, you know, crushing it, as they say, on the sales side of things. Um, what that led to was ultimately be uh, me being completely displaced inside of organizations because I'm such a unicorn that nobody really knew how to manage me or handle being my leader for the most part. And I realized that I was probably pretty difficult uh, myself as well too for the managers, although I did have a superstar manager at one point that I just, I, I regret not having, uh, you know, spend more time with quite frankly, he was freaking amazing, but, but I digress. I decided to start my own business, the sales rebellion. I did that back in 2019 from literally from scratch. I had no idea what I was going to do or how I was going to do it. I just did it. And, and I've been building and flying ever since. And that's me. Well, uh, just to be clear, I did not pay Dale to say that there at the beginning. Um, but the interesting thing is I was listening to you as you were kind of describing all of the things that you put first, right, uh, as a seller, uh, which for sounds you know kind of upside down uh, as you described. And I, I was kind of scratching my head there thinking like, bro, are you even in sales? It's <laughs> a good question, man. You know, I so I I learned from the best. I learned from a man that was a, a legend, and and 29 years of running his own business, which stemmed from him leaving a an organization where he was the top producer, the the best, right? Like I like like I've said four times, then it's one of the greatest humans to ever walk this earth, and this this man not only was my father, he was my best friend, he was my mentor. I watched him achieve happiness, fulfillment, and, and ultimately every day live to the best of his ability, willingly, 
and without hindrance because he he thought in his head sales isn't about numbers it's not about commissions it's not about money it's it's ultimately about our time on this earth and and how we extend our life into what it is that we do you know there's that saying of like love what you do and never work a day and my mm-hmm. dude, my dad was the epitome of that. Like everywhere he went, people were hugging him, kissing him, high fiving him, telling jokes with him. And I mean, even the people that hated him loved him. You know, like it was like that kind of relationship with that guy because because he cared, like genuinely cared. He was a he was a literal gym, bro. He's very very genuine human being, and I strive to be half the man he was at, at the very best. And, and my dad, you know, he taught me, dude, he taught me that, look, like, if you want someone to buy from you, you have to stop trying to get them to buy from you. Like, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be sold. And nobody really cares about buying from you. What what they they need are things that, that are pretty obvious, right? They need, in some cases, they need intangibles as they see it, right? So they look at industry and they see, like, uh, for example, copiers, they go, there's nobody out here that can do the things that we need done. Right. So there's like the intangible sale, which is interesting, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it's really a perspective or a perception because of the way that salespeople operate and organizations operate like as the status quo. So my dad like taught me that that's like a literal thing. <laughs> and then because of that, like if we show up differently and then we execute in a way that no one else will execute, then we put our money where our mouth is. And that builds into something that lasts 29 years, like my father's business. And, and and then it builds into something where in 2016, when he passed away, that there are thousands of people at the funeral. And and like that's currency, bro. That is that's absolute currency, in my opinion. You know, like we were blown away as to how many people showed up in the church that we did it. I was like, I don't even know how we fit all these people. Like we're way past fire code without a doubt. Right. And and and, and even the people that were there experiencing and felt honored and told us that they felt honored like to know my dad after seeing all these people because it, it's not like everybody just thought oh well, this guy must be super popular he was a copier salesman he wasn't the mayor he wasn't a political person period like he sure he definitely like at the dinner table was politics politics right but but again you know i i, I mean that in the perspective of like he wasn't the flashy dude on the billboards he wasn't the guy that you would expect to have that kind of fame like literal local fame he earned it. He built it with his own two hands, with his blood, sweat, and tears. And because of that, teaching and, and the, the life and the experiences that I've had, I'm different, bro. So that all the things that I said earlier, I don't just mean them. I think about them in ways that most people can't. And I'm honored and privileged mm-hmm. to be able to say that uh, because I had the greatest mentor on the face of this earth. Yeah. I mean, I can't help but think about as you're kind of describing your father here, um, that he had obviously had a deep understanding of like your reputation matters a lot. And he took it, sounds like he took it very seriously, which is something I think a lot of sellers don't really grasp. Um, because we see a lot of folks out there doing things that if they really understood that and, and, and lived and walked, uh, in a way in which they, showed that they care about their reputation, they wouldn't be doing a lot of the things that they're out there doing. I agree, bro. I, so my, my dad used to tell me, he used to say that currency is, is, is reputation, that currency is options. 
as well. Like that was a big thing that he always talked about, you know, like if I build a network where I have the ability to be able to like pivot around what I do for a living or change the place that I live or lean into relationships that I need in that season, like those types of those, those options are what are more important than money. And, and, you know, my dad, like my dad wasn't a hater with money. I mean, I'm the real hater. And I'm the guy that had more. I remember the first time that I showed him um, a W-2 where I had made like three hundred plus thousand dollars. It was like a couple years into an acquisition that had happened of his company and the new organization that I was working with. And I remember going to him and showing him that, and like he, bro, he celebrated me in that way. Showing up and down, like just so excited for me and the things that I was achieving, and especially you know I was going to make more than that in the coming years that I was with that company for seven total years, right? It was just year two, uh, year three. Um, and, and really like the perspective that my dad like had on that wasn't so much like, dude, you're rich. You know, he was, he was like, my dad was like, man, all the hard work and effort that you're putting it around how creative you are and, and the reputation you are building and the people that you're serving and the impact that you're making, it's the byproduct is right here in front of us. And my dad, my dad was just eloquent with things like that as well, too, with his words, with his ability to be able to help you just kind of see, see things in a different light, in a light that was more human, right? Because we really do detach ourselves as people when it comes to business and how we look at business, how we operate in business. And my dad was somebody that realized that that's dangerous and tried dearly and genuinely to help me create perspective for myself around like what's going to actually attain happiness for me. And well, you know, which leads like to, to in my story, I mean, I tried to commit suicide as a number one producer. And I mean, like I failed through divinity. I mean, like I literally went all the way to the end with it and I, and I should be dead. And, and, wow. and I had all the money in the world. I had, I had a lot of success. I had just me and my wife. So I didn't have kids. I, I didn't have a bunch of debt or burdens. I lived cash, you know, only on everything. I owned everything. Um, you know, I was living that dream that a lot of people aspire to. And I come from nothing. You know, my, my dad was rich. My dad was a broke entrepreneur. When I told you about what I just made, my dad literally said to me, I never made anything close to this. <laughs> you know, so like, and that's kind of the point, right? Like, even though he ran a $2 million business, you know, he, he like, it's not easy to run a $2 million business. Those are sacrifices that we make to like gain ultimate freedom. Like my dad didn't have financial freedom. Like a lot of sales reps do. He had ultimate freedom. He'd do anything he wanted. And, and the complexity of running a business kept him broke in the process. <laughs> so, you know, again, like I just had a different upbringing, dude. And I, I had, a, I had different influences. I had different perspectives. And I think my story though, is very similar to a lot of people's that like, you know, I'm not a trust fund kid. I'm not. And like, even though I came from nothing, my dad still had things that he provided for us, like a great neighborhood to live in. Like we were privileged to a degree, but like, dude, when I turned 18, it was like, Hey bro, uh, you want to come over for dinner? You come on the family dinner night on Sundays once a month, you know, like don't be coming over here and, and making a sandwich on a Monday morning. <laughs> like my dad wanted me to be self-sufficient as well too. And to, to make sure that like I built something for myself, just like he had to and did for himself as well. But like at the same time, my dad broke the curses of like being shackled to money. Right. Because the, my dad, my dad's dad was you know, nothing in the beginning as well too. And, and all he ever did was work to try and be something else. 
right? And so because of that, he wasn't around my dad as much as he should have been. He, he didn't have the greatest relationship with them when they were younger, but, mm. but, it, but my dad, instead of like holding that as a grudge or being spiteful, like did the opposite, he forgave him. And then he taught me what it meant to have a dad that was very intentional, which I'm doing for my kids. And, and again, I think, I think all these things will be better because if you're a salesperson, people buy from you. They might need your product, right? But like, look, like, if you think of the grand scheme of things, like if I, if I got three SaaS products I'm about to buy, or three vendors, vendors I'm betting for one product that I'm about to buy. I like honestly in this day and age, like salespeople are a dime a dozen. But if you take mm-hmm. this mentality that we're talking about and you understand that like what makes you unique is who you are, not like what how you show up to work as your business persona, but like who you actually are, your authentic self, that silly buzzword that everybody likes to use, right? That has a really deep meaning that we just don't tap into enough. Like if we can realize yeah. that that's the ultimate unlock, dude, everything changes. And that's why I went on a tangent and talked about everything I just did. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with your friends, write us a review, help us reach more sellers and sales leaders to help transform the way that they sell.